Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the First Team College Football and NFL Draft Show. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by my co-host, NFL Draft Analyst and Recruiting Analyst for Irish Breakdown, Ryan Roberts. Today, we are going to be having some fun. It's kind of like a superlative episode. Ryan, you and I used to do these a lot. Uh, we didn't get to them to this, this cycle, but the essential antithesis of t- today's episode is we're going to be pitching who we think is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, who is going to be the best rookie offensive lineman, and then also an additional category of who could be the best tight end or wide receiver in the 2023 NFL Draft now that we've had somewhat of a week to digest it. It does feel weird that it was a week ago, Ryan, does it not? It does. It does. I mean, are you watching 2024 kids already, man? Got to get, got to get rocking. Actually, you are technically. You are. Technically. I, I, I well, technically, I have been doing it for a while. I'm <laughs> wasting my time watching goofballs at Moorhead State that are aren't moving around very much. Hey, man. Hey, man. We're looking, we're looking for production on the FCS level, yeah. brother. We're looking for production. Well, I already did find a dude, and I can't reveal who that is. But the I, the dude that I found that I'm hyped up about, I'm sure we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I, I watched him, and he was terrible. He was terrible. So did you? Actually you watch him? And nah, you think I, didn't watch, I didn't watch him yet. Yeah, don't, him. don't don't put those those words on him. All right, yes. so today, right? Let's get into it. Let's get into today's discussion. Uh, starting us off with offensive rookie of the year, let's pick who we think will be the offensive rookie of the year when it's all said and done by the end of the season. So this past year, it was Garrett Wilson yep. of the New York Jets. Um, not an unexpected pick. It makes sense because there weren't any quarterbacks yeah. to go with in this class. But your thoughts, who is going to be your pick from the 2023 NFL draft? Well, I, th- I think that the odds makers, and I don't know what the odds are in this, Joe, but I would say that it would be a quarterback in this situation because we had four, we had three guys that went in the top 10 picks, obviously, three guys in the top four picks overall mm. in the 2023 NFL draft. So I feel like the money's going to be on Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or maybe even Anthony Richardson to kind of be that dual threat ability for the Indianapolis Colts. I would go with Bijan Robinson, though. I would. And it, and I think that where I look at this, Joe, is that I look at the situations that a couple of these quarterbacks are going into. Carolina Panthers are kind of starved for wide receiver talent. The Houston Texans are a pretty underwhelming roster, and there's no guarantee of how much you'll see Anthony Richardson in 2023 for the Indianapolis Colts. He might be a guy that has a little bit of a redshirt year, if not just for a few games. So I'm going to go with Bijan, man, because I know mm. from day one, B. John Robinson with the Atlanta Falcons is going to be the guy instantaneously for that offense. They play in a system of under Arthur Smith, who has obviously his Tennessee Titan roots. They're going to run the ball a ton. Look at what he did with Derrick Henry. I think Bijan is going to run the ball a lot. And they also have Desmond Ritter, apparently, as their starting quarterback. And Desmond Ritter is not a premier passer on the NFL level. He's <laughs> not right now. So he is going to need a run game behind him. I think Bijan is going to do a lot for that offense. And I just think there's a little bit of uncertainty as far as how good these offenses that the rookie quarterbacks are going to be in as a rookie and what the availability of Anthony Richardson will be. So give me Bijan Robinson as my offense rookie of the year pick. I think it's an it's it's a pretty like easy transition, I think, for him to be a high quality ball carrier at the NFL level. 
Right. I, I don't know what the betting odds are on Bijan Robinson, and I this isn't a betting show, so I'm not going to try to pull them up. But I think that that is such a safe pick to yeah. go with, and he was my second option for this selection, and I talked myself out of it. But I, I think that everything you spoke on there with Bijan is absolutely correct. He's going into an offense that I mean, we can be if we're being straight here. Their their offensive line's not bad. It's not like a horrendous offensive line, and they just added Matt Bergeron, who's probably going to plug into one of those guard spots. So you've got a pretty good O-line that's going to be blocking for Bijan. And I think that what's really critical here for Bijan in this offense and for him to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, his success, as we've seen in the modern NFL, is nowhere near related to the success of the team. And what I mean by that is he can rush for and I've said this on a couple of radio spots, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't rush for something stupid in the 17-game span, then be kind of close to winning the NFC South and in the playoff hunt, that they run the hell out of him. And he rushes for like 1,300 to 1,500 yards and over 10 touchdowns. Like I, yeah. I think that's really possible yeah. for him to hit over those marks if he's fully healthy and if he plays the whole season. But again, my whole point here is, he could do all that kind of like Saquon did in his first year and then still be like three games under 500 and not win the division. Like I think that both of those things are mutually exclusive. They are. And and I think that the one good thing about this is that this isn't the Heisman Trophy ceremony, right? Where it's like, if you're not on a winning (laughs) team, you're not winning that award. Like this is, I mean, to your point, like this is one of those things where if Bijan is amongst the league leaders in rushing yards, I feel like that could propel him. I mean, that's really... I feel like you might get really good odds on that, though, Joe. I mean, again, I know we're not a betting show, but yeah. like, aren't I mean, the three quarterbacks in the top four are probably going to get propped up, right? As far as like their odds is as being offensive. I'm going to look. I, you should, man, just because it's kind of fun. Because we don't like last year, we had a wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. To your point, though, one first round quarterback, and that quarterback didn't go off the board until number twenty. We know that this is a quarterback driven award, so in that instance, I have to think that C.J. Stroud is going to have his fanfare to be yeah. a real offensive rookie of the year. Bryce Young, even Anthony Richardson. Again, I think there's some uncertainty with Anthony, so I'm sure he's probably the clear like third of that quarterback room, but they have to have pretty good odds, I would assume. So the odds stand as Bijan plus 300, which are pretty wow. good odds. Wow. Uh, Bryce Young plus 475. So that was my pick. I I think that you, you made a, a really good point, and I 100% agree with you. And my only thing... It goes in line with what you just talked about with the odds there, that it's still such a quarterback-driven award league, especially even more so in the modern NFL that we know it is as today. So, like, I I mean, if I'm misremembering, wasn't it the year that Saquon won? Who was he competing with? Was that Sam Darnold? Was that Sam Darnold? No, no, no. I'm taking this down a stupid path here. My my (laughs) point is... Because I didn't remember, and there's I tried no, to Joe. There's no stupid the questions. Game. There's no stupid questions, man. <laughs> well, it was a stupid path because I tried to sit here and remember it, and then do the bit where we sit here and name people back and forth <laughs> until we remember who it was. But my point is, is that all it takes is for a quarterback to be slightly above average, and for their mm-hmm. team to kind of be in the playoff hunt. And I think that Bryce Young is going to, into a spot in the NFC South where that division's terrible. It's god awful. There is a very realistic opportunity for them to win the division this year. Like, I don't think that it's unrealistic, which is sounds crazy because again, that team isn't 
great. It's got a lot of holes that still need to be resolved. So I just feel that the media constantly does this where as long as Bryce is slightly above average and he puts together a decent passing total and a decent touchdown interception ratio, that might be enough to push him ahead. But I think if somebody has the better season, it's probably going to be Bijan. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, it's, it is a quarterback-driven award. So if there's anybody with just above-average numbers, they'll be in the conversation. There's no doubt. I just love the debate in the end. If we have a quarterback that was good but not spectacular and we have a running back that ran for 1,500 yards, where we would go in that conversation? Because I feel like most media would probably trend towards the quarterback. But I, mm. I think that that's just a really nuanced conversation because I, I, I just there's a lot of subjectivity to that, which is why these awards are also very – Inconsistent as far as how they're voted right. for, because there's a lot of subjectivity in this conversation. So our um, stand-in producer, Sean Anderson, uh, yes. texted me that Saquon beat Baker Mayfield yep. in the Rookie of the Year conversation, 26 and a half votes to 21 and a half votes. So that like further supports my argument here where he won it, but Baker was in the conversation after playing half of the season and playing very average football. Baker so, was pretty good uh, as a rookie. Baker was pretty good as a rookie, man. He wasn't bad. He right. That's good. my point is he was good for a rookie quarterback, but yeah. Saquon was so much more dominant for that gap to be that close is, is kind of silly. And Bryce is going to, is going to play the whole season. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about the defensive rookie of the year award. If we yeah. were to pick one of these guys and some of the names that are going to come in the conversation are going to be Texans edge rusher, Will Anderson, Eagles defensive lineman, Jalen Carter. I think Raiders edge rusher, Tyree Wilson, Packers edge rusher, um, Lucas Van Ness is going to be a part of this conversation. Maybe even Jack Campbell of the Detroit Lions. I also wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have like a day two pick that was in this in this debate. So if you were to pick somebody, who do you think it's going to be? So my, my mind goes to edge and linebacker on this one, Joe. So Jack Campbell mm-hmm. was actually at near the top of my mind because I think Jack Campbell's going to have a lot of tackles for, for the Detroit Lions next year. And yeah. Anytime that happens, there's going to be guys that get the conversation. I mean, like, remember when Kiko Alonso won it the one year? He had like 150 tackles as a rookie or something like that. Like, I can see Jack Campbell yeah. having a similar pathway in that regard. I'm going to opt for Will Anderson, but I don't feel great about it just because sometimes sack production as a rookie – isn't incredibly easy as far as translating directly, like from a numbers perspective. But I'm going to go with Will just because Timiko Ryan's is the defensive coordinator. I think he's an excellent defensive mind. I think Will Anderson was one of the top two players in the 2023 NFL draft. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be counted on from day one to add an impact. One of the most overthought players in the 2023 draft. Mm. I'll go with Will Anderson. A little bit of a wild card is I was actually thinking about Devon Witherspoon a little bit for the Seattle Seahawks, but I ended up with Will Anderson. So you actually did set me up very nicely. Uh, I did the opposite here where I love Will Anderson and he's somebody who I constantly brought up when asked this question about him. I'm like, what do we think he's he's able to do? Uh, Will Anderson's just, I think, the most ready to play guy right now. He is going to be an instant impact player. And I've thrown out the word generational, which I know is risky to do, but the guy has a crazy motor. We don't see these edge rushers have this type of a motor. I think also to your point, D'Amico Ryans is a fantastic defensive coordinator, and they're probably going to have some fun trying to see what ways they can create mismatches. And it's it's also not a bad defensive line that he's going to be working amongst. And, and there's some good defensive pieces that he can play off of uh, amongst that whole unit. So I, I like Will Anderson. But I feel like a lot of times with this award, unless 
Will Anderson has like a stupid sack total, like over 12 sacks, like something crazy, like 15 sacks. I feel like it always goes to a player on a good football team. And last year, Tariq Woolen was in the discussion because statistically he did well and he was also on a Seahawks team that went to the playoffs. So I think Devin Witherspoon for me, who's the most ready to play corner right now, sticky in coverage, closes down gaps so easily. And then we've all spoken about how he fits the mentality of what is looked for in a successful Seahawks defensive back. So I I think that he's going to cause some problems. Him and Tariq Wollen playing off of each other, man, he might not allow a lot of completions. And if you get a season like what Sauce Gardner put together, maybe like a little close to that. And Sauce didn't have as good of a a secondary mate as Tariq Wollen. So – I don't know, man. I think that Devin Witherspoon is a really fun one to consider in this conversation, and he would he would be my pick for defensive rookie of the year. Witherspoon's really fun because if you watch his game at the University of Illinois this last year, down the stretch of the season, people just started saying, you know what, we're not going to throw at 31 anymore. That's probably not a good idea. I think that he's going to have a lot of ball production with Seattle this year because let's call it what it is, Joe. I think he's a much better player than what Tariq Woolen is from just from a player perspective and on-field perspective. But if I had, if I look at both those guys standing next to each other, am I going to throw at the six four guy that runs four two, or am I going to throw at five eleven Devin Witherspoon? <laughs> like that's kind of my, that's kind of right. my thought process, right? So I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunities, a lot of balls thrown at him, and I think he could have some pretty good ball production. Again, that was one of my sleepers in this conversation because I think he's going to be very, very good for the Seattle Seahawks. Now, there's no award for best offensive lineman. There we should have be. instances there should where be. there should. There should be. Uh, we did have instances where Quentin Nelson was brought up as should, should he be the offensive rookie of the year? And he, he didn't win it, but he probably it's always have. fun to kind of have it. Probably should have. Right. It's fun to have this debate. Yeah. There were a number of first round offensive linemen that were selected. Darnell Wright is a Chicago Bear. Broderick Jones is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Paris Johnson is an Arizona Cardinal. And yep. Peter Skaronsky is now with the Tennessee Titans. It doesn't have to be one of the first rounders. Also, Anton Harrison was a Jacksonville Jaguar pick, which was one of the biggest reaches of the draft. Oh, but it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was an okay pick. Good, good. I hated that pick. He's so raw. But if you had to make a pick here, uh, Ryan, who would you select? Because this is a year one impact. I'm going with Peter Skaronsky for the Tennessee Titans. I think that when you ask, like if you ask me, which offensive lineman is ready day one to be more of a finished product? It's Peter, right? Like Paris Johnson, I think if he hits a ceiling, ends up being a significantly more impactful player than Peter Skaronsky. I think Roger Jones is more upside mm. than Peter Skaronsky. But at the end of the day, Peter Skaronsky, despite only being a third-year junior, was about as technically refined of an offensive lineman as you're going to find coming out of the NFL draft. So him going to Tennessee, a team that's also going to ask him to run block a ton, get downhill, I think that he is going to have an impact early on because Joe, let me read. I read you the starting lineup for the Tennessee Titans, right? Oh, right it's going to be bad. So right now, the projected starting offensive line for the Tennessee Titans is Andre Dillard at left tackle, Peter Skaronsky at left guard, Aaron Brewer at center, Daniel Brunskill at right guard. Oh my and God, Nicholas Petit Friere. Right tackle. That wait. Is, what I'm gonna do? What I'm gonna uh, Dylan, not Dylan Radens. Dylan Radens. Uh, Dylan Radens. Dylan Radens is listed as a backup left guard to Peter Skaronsky right now on that offensive line. Oh my God! Wow, that is a really so. Wh- what I don't understand is what I actually do think, and I'm not going to disagree at all on this one. I'm not even going to yeah. provide a secondary option. I I just think the rest of those teams are bad, and a lot of times 
the Titans, I think, are in the best position to provide some competition and maybe go to the playoffs if if Tannehill is healthy and plays well. But for this, as you're saying, he's the most ready to play. He's the most technically refined. I wouldn't be shocked if this isn't similar to Rashawn Slater, where he was picked and everyone just assumed he was going to play guard. He yeah. shows up at the training camp. They're like, hey, this guy's a dude. And the rest of our <laughs> offensive line is kind of booty. So why don't we put him at... At, at left tackle. Let's just put him out there. And he did really well. I, I think that that's probably going to end up happening. Put Dillard at right tackle, man. That's, that's, well, they got Nicholas Petit for year, man. They got Nicholas Petit for year. You know who else Dude. they drafted? They drafted uh, Jalen Duncan also. You got a big steal on Jalen Duncan. Six round pick, Jalen Duncan. They did. Wild. Dude, that might be, you actually might come out of this draft with two with starting left and right tackle if it, if it goes well. Yeah. Duncan, I feel like, could play guard too. I don't know. I don't know if his. Uh, yeah, I don't know if his core strength's the best. The problem is that you have a bunch of offensive tackle types on this roster, but you don't have a bunch of guards. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really hilarious point that D- this roster is very oddly constructed. Dill- Dillard can't play guard. Dillard is a true tackle because he has no core strength. Yeah. You have Nicholas. Not a lot of bend either. What's that? Not a lot of bend either. <laughs> Not a lot of bends. Nicholas Petit Friere is a true offensive tackle. Doesn't have much of a power profile. Jalen Duncan's an offensive tackle. I mean, yeah. Jamarco Jones is more of a tackle than a guard. Like it's a uh it's not a very offensive guard heavy interior. So they might have to play Peter Scronsi guard, man. It's probably gonna be a thing. It's probably gonna be a thing. before we do our last um our last category. To throw out a second option, a little bit of yeah. a wild card. I'm going to say John Michael Schmitz with the New York Giants, and I promise this is not a homer pick, but I think that he landed in the best possible spot. Whatever center they took was going to end up going into a really advantageous position, and I think he fits well with what the needs are the New York Giants were, yeah. which is why I think his play is going to be great. He's already surrounded by a lot of guys that have done really well. Two great tackles. Evan Neal is getting better. And the interior grouping isn't great. It's not sexy, but it's been better than it's been in the past. And we know that Andrew Thomas has played phenomenally, especially the last season. So I think that you plug in a guy that has been discussed as having the highest floor amongst the center prospects. Dude, I think you're going to throw him in there. And that offensive line is going to gel cohesively. And a lot of times, all it really takes, I think, for a center to be talked about as having a good year and a good rookie year is if everyone's gelling together, that he's picking up on his all of his uh, all of his calls, he's a- identifying the protections properly. I-, I think he's the right guy for the for the job and what's being asked of him. Yeah, it, it's um, it's going to be interesting, man, because offensive line is also one of those spots, Joe, that is a little bit of a tough transition for sometimes, especially a tackle. But to your point, I mean, John Michael Schmitz is is also protecting a forty million dollar a year quarterback. So, like, you know, it's going to be a very valuable position to to protect a guy like Daniel Jones, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm waiting for you to say something. Oh, shut up! I'm being shut super up. sarcastic, man. Shut <laughs> up! I zone out for a second. You, I noticed. Yeah. I, I just kept talking about how great Daniel Jones was. Uh, and you didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, say. Uh, Daniel Jones can do well if he's properly protected. Protected. Sure. Moving on sure. to the, ne- the next yeah. one, though, to yeah. wrap us up here. Best tight end or wide receiver. Now, I'm going to go out and say this, and I don't think you disagree. The receiving class isn't sexy. The tight end class is a little bit more exciting. I think a lot of hacks are going to pick Dalton Kincaid for this without doing a lot of investigating and also acknowledging that it's, there's a lot of mouths to feed in that, in that yes. receiving core. <laughs> My pick, Ryan, yes. to throw out mine first. I think that Jordan Addison is going to have the best rookie season amongst all these guys. And 
I know that I know that you're going to hate that because you're a big Jordan Addison hater. Yes. I th- really think that he landed in a, in a very advantageous spot where all this attention is already on Justin Jefferson and yep. the dude makes catches while he's being double teamed because he is a freak. Yes. Jordan Addison is somebody who do- isn't going to do well when he's deserving a lot of attention. And he's playing in an offense where he's not going to really get a lot of attention. And I think that he is going to effectively play off of what has been productive in this Vikings offense. I kind of compare it situationally to where Devontae Smith plays off of A.J. Brown. I don't see why they can't have that type of production early on, and he can't go for a 1,000 yards. Because Devontae Smith is better than Jordan Addison. That's why. Obviously, the guy one guy won the Heisman, <laughs> and one guy was a top 10 pick. Like Obviously, one guy is better, Man, but there are some similarities that could be made in terms of their profile. Sure, sure. I, I- just not a Jordan Addison guy, man. Sure, will be fine. I know you're sure, will be fine. Joe, two guys that I wrote down because I, I actually okay. put just one wide receiver, one tight end, and then I'll kind of okay. lean to where I'm leaning here. Right? Is that pulling a mat here, writing, running as many names down? No, as man, because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to end up picking one guy. I am just trying to give my vantage point here. Okay, I know, and I'm just giving you Michael Mayer, Las Vegas Raiders, because I knew that was coming. There's no other tight end for him to compete with, man. Like he's going to be the starting tight end. He's going to get a lot of volume and. Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is the starting quarterback for Las Vegas Raiders. Who was his big-time target during his course of his career with San Francisco? It was George Kittle. He loves throwing the tight ends. You also have an mm-hmm. offensive play caller in Josh McDaniels. Who wh- who did he specialize in during his time in New England? Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez. Let's get the tight ends yes. to rock. So Michael Mayer, I think, is going to be a pretty easy transition to being a high-volume care, uh, receiver at tight end. But I think my pick would be... Jackson Smith and Jigba with the Seattle Seahawks because you talk about the situation he's put into, Joe. Nope. There's a lot of mouths to feed. You can look at it that way. I look at it as all the teams that you're going to be going against are going to say, wow, we got to start DK Metcalf and we have to stop Tyler Lockett. And then he's going to be able mm-hmm. to just seamlessly transition into the slot receiver role. And I think he's going to have a big time season for them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. Here's a hot take. I wouldn't Uh-oh. be shocked if Jackson Smith and Jigba have ends up having more catches than either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but DK and Tyler probably have more yardage because they're going to be more downfield options. Like that's what I could see. I could see, I could see a guy like a Jack Smith and Jigba having like 85, 90 catches for a thousand yards, but DK has 1200 on 70 and Tyler has, you know, 60 for 1100. Like it's possible that we could see something in that regard. Right. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, perfect situation to be in. There's not, not mm. going to be a lot of eyes on him because you already have the two guys outside that are dynamic players and have been for some time. I think he's going to be a high-volume guy pretty early because I just think that he's going to have such an easy opportunity to get some targets. Yeah, I, I think that that's would have been my second pick, and I, I love it. I, I wonder, to your point, if he does get limited targets because this isn't exactly an offense – like the one in Ohio State where they're airing the ball out frequently. And, Gino baby. But I will, Gino baby. <laughs> I will I will say what makes me optimistic and I said this on draft night, I said this on a lot of our shows that we've done. He is the type of guy that he excelled at Ohio State because attention was diverted away to Olave and Garrett Wilson and you can see that the route concepts were designed to get him open while tension was diverted away to those other guys. And he's the type of player who if they're focused on, they don't want to get beat deep by Lockett. They don't want to get beat by DK Metcalf. That he works his way into the slot and he's going to be really productive. So I, I think it's a great pick. I don't think you can go wrong with either of the ones that you provided. 
Apparently, you hate my pick of Jordan Addison, though, which is, I, I don't hate it. I'm just know, not a big fan is. of him, man. That's all. That's all. Yeah. It's a fine situation right, well, to be in. It's a fine situation to be in. Fair point. It's a good note to wrap us up on, uh, folks. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back next week. I, I think next week, because we're sickos, we're going to be turning the page to the 2024 class at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, Believe Network on Twitter and on YouTube. We'll be back with more folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.